Welcome to Digitally Creative. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and this week, by special request of his very own fan club, I have the one and only Ed Swanson from Ed's Clocks and More. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing great, Vincent. How are you doing? Good. You know, one of the things I always tell people when I'm reading off the uh, financial supporters toward the end of the show, I always say, you know, if you can't support the show financially, you can leave a review, share the show, or recommend a guest if there's somebody you'd like to hear. And I met the president of the Ed Swanson fan club who specifically requested I have you on. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I can make that work. So I called Ed's people and they're like, you know, he's, he's busy this week, but maybe uh, next week we can pencil you in for an hour if you have time. And I'm like, you know what, to get a celebrity like that on the show, I'll make it work. So welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And, and I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. You've been, I mean, you know, just, you know, from my point of view, you've been, you're one of the OGs. You're one of the first, you were one of the biggest supporters of Because We Make and one of the people that were always around every time a new episode was out, you had something, you know, to add about it and liking posts and contributing. I'm, I'm pretty sure you were a financial contributor to that show also. Mm-hmm. And it's yes, just, it it's just like, you know, it, you've, you've kind of always been there around, you know, in my orbit. And I, I appreciate that tremendously because- you know, you do this for a while and you start to feel like, ah, sometimes you feel like you're shouting into an empty barn. You know what I mean? So, right, right. But when you no, have it, people that stick around, it makes you feel like you're doing something right. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, that was the thing with Because We Make. Of course, I didn't start at the very beginning of that, but I came in and I listened to a podcast and it was after, after Ethan was here mm-hmm. and between from that Wednesday until the next one, I listened, I binge listened so that I could catch up to everything. Mm-hmm. And the progression of the, of the podcast, it was just, you could just hear things getting better and better and better. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So I just uh, contributed and kept on listening right up until uh, it ended. And, and then, and then it was resurrected. <laughs> yes. And a lot of people were very, very happy. It was funny because at Maker Camp, we were talking about, you know, I was talking to you about this show and I was like, yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back probably by the end. I, I think it was at that point, I was like, yeah, the second or third week of this month, because it was October of last year. I'm like, second or third week of this month, it's going to be back. And, yep. you know, we knew, I told you, I was like, yeah, and the first guest is going to be Jimmy DeResta. And you're like, nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean. Who better than right? to, to have Jimmy? If you're gonna open if you're gonna open it up, you gotta open it up with the Godfather. <laughs> Absolutely, but it's hard for the next person to follow that. It's, well, I'll tell you what, the next person up was another friend of ours, which is Al Schultz. <laughs> yep. and, and he did a great job. And Al could follow anybody. <laughs> yep. Yes, he can. He he's definitely large enough to do so. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I can hear him now. I can hear him now as he listens. Like, oh really? <laughs> yeah, but he'll he'll agree. <laughs> he'll be like, that's the last time I'm hiring his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll say, uh, Mr. Swanson, wait until you stop by again. <laughs> so for for the people for the people listening that haven't been following along or who are just finding out about you, why don't you tell us a little bit about about yourself, the kind of stuff you make, and uh, what you do, and all that. Sure. I, uh, a few years ago, I mean, I've been, I've made things since I was a kid. Uh, my parents always told me that if you want to give a gift, the best one that you can give is one that you've made, not one that you've bought, because it means that you, you put the thought into it. 
you thought about that person enough to say, you know something, I think that they would like this. So from an early age, uh, my mother was crafty. Uh, I can recall her sewing and making things, um, ornaments, Christmas ornaments. She, her and a good friend of hers taught ceramics in, uh, in the 70s. So, you know, it was, she was always like that. And so I guess I just learned from her. And fast forward a few years, I get into the military, come out of the military, and uh, I work on cars for a living and have for the, over 30 years now. But I needed something in my free time to do with my hands. And one day I decided, you know, I want to make a chessboard. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> first, first project, and I couldn't even tell you how long. It was a chessboard. And I made it for the uh, GM of our dealership. And there is, I, I don't know how many chessboard uh, YouTube videos I watched. Uh, from Steve Ramsey to Jimmy to all kinds of them. Jimmy's got millions of views on his one chessboard, and I'll bet 50 of them are mine. <laughs> uh, Steve Ramsey was the same way, and he did his in stages in different videos. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. And then I, since I work for a dealership, I have access to used car parts. And if you'll scroll all the way down to the bottom of my uh, Instagram page, you'll see two lamps. One is from a camshaft and they're hollow. So you can run the wire up through them. So it's just a, an interesting uh, conversation piece. The other one is a portion of a drive shaft. And I had, my son had uh, an 80, 80 something uh, E-class. And I was looking at it one day and I said, you better replace these flex discs because if it breaks, it's going to mess up the drive shaft. And well, you don't know what's going to happen next. He didn't. No so it let go. And that little piece of drive shaft, I looked at it and that this was on New Year's Day. And I grabbed that piece of drive shaft and I kept it. And then about two months later, I said, this is going to be a lamp and I'm going to give it to him for Christmas. <laughs> I love it. So he loved it. He said, you took one of my darkest days and turned it into a, a, a happy ending, uh, so to speak. So I did that. And then I've always loved clocks. Um, there's just something about, I, I, I've always wanted to know what time it was, you know, being in the military, you always have to know where you're at, when you're there, when to be somewhere. And I love antique clocks. I have a couple of uh, clocks from the 1800s that work. And I want to build at one point a grandfather clock. Ooh, like the just, full on the cabinet, the whole thing. The works. Nice. Uh, I just haven't worked myself up to that. So for now, um, I'll take a Mercedes Benz grill emblem <laughs> and make it into a clock and uh, I've done a, quite a few of those and uh, military style stuff. I'll take the emblem from uh, a military uh, unit or branch and make that into a clock. Logo clocks. Uh, if anybody has seen the Paul Jackman clock that's 40 inches tall, um, he put that above his CNC and you can see it in a few of his YouTube videos. He used it for time lapse. Mm. And... Uh, so that was pretty cool, but 
I think that's one thing I enjoy the most is uh, taking somebody's logo and finding a way to incorporate a clock into it. I, I love it's enjoyable. I love when people, and you are a perfect example of this. I love when people find find their niche and just own the absolute hell out of it. Like I think it's awesome that you love making clocks. Like clocks are your thing. You mm-hmm. like finding new and interesting ways to incorporate clock hardware into things. Um, you like giving clocks to famous people, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, <laughs> it's it's so cool when, like, of all the things that you would think you'd find your calling doing, did you ever think it was going to be clocks? Like, no, no, right? Yeah. Like, but you did, and it's like, yeah, this is my thing now. I'm the clock it guy. Is. <laughs> it is. I mean, I do car part furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done engine block uh, coffee tables. And there's one local to me, and then there's one that resides in North Carolina. Um, and those things are cool, but, you know, that's kind of like that that special car. Mm-hmm. you got to find the right butt for the seat. Right. Not everybody's going to want uh, uh, car part furniture in their home. True. So I go back to clocks. That's and, fantastic, man. I love I that. love that you found your I love that you found your calling. And it didn't, it didn't take you too long to find it either. Like you just no. kind of, you landed there quickly and it's like, okay, just get better and better at doing it. So. Yes. Um, it, it is. And, you know, instead of making just like a flat clock and I'll use Paul's uh, again as an example, mm-hmm. I raised, I, I, uh, instead of just painting the logo, I then made it kind of a 3d or a 2d type thing because then I took the center portion of it and cut that out of some thin plywood and then glued it in place so that it had a raised uh, dimension to it, which was different. Mm-hmm. I've seen, so. I've seen that clock. I didn't realize how big it was. I didn't realize it was 40 inches. That is massive. Yes. That's like the clock that is up at maker's camp up on the side of the pavilion. You I did that? that. I did that for, for the event. That's the event clock. Oh, wow. Well, you're like you're you're not just the you're not just the guy that makes clocks. You're the guy that makes the clocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try. <laughs> I invite anybody to do it too. Yeah, I think I, it's one. That's one of those things. Like you, you all, I always have ideas, and then when mm-hmm. it gets it gets time to like making them, I I'm getting now to the point, and it's taking me a really long time. But I'm getting now to the point where I'm making stuff just because I enjoy making it. I was, I, most people start that way and ease into making it a business. I kind of started in reverse. It was like, I'm going to make a business and now I'm easing into making stuff for enjoyment. And one of the things on my list is a, um, a clock and I'm not going to embarrass myself by telling everybody "Yeah, how I'll do it. I want to make a pokeball clock. But oh, I want cool. to be like all hand painted because one of the things I mean, if you're following me on Instagram, you see how much I'm hand painting everything lately. I'm trying to get better uh-huh. at painting stuff. That yeah. has been my goal since since actually since Make What You Fear last year. That's been my goal uh, is to just get better at painting stuff because that's I'm cool. awful at it. And I want to make a hand painted Pokeball clock with the numbers and all the coloring and everything, making it look, you know, super premium. And I, I really respect when people have a personal passion for something now because it took me so long to finally just go, no, I want to make that because it's cool. Not I want to make that because it's going to sell. 
And I wonder if that's going to, down the road, attract people to what I'm making more because I'm making something I'm actually enjoying and somebody be like, hey, could you make that for me? You know? Exactly. And that's, see, now that you'll notice a lot of my stuff is one off. Mm -hmm. You know, the Maker Camp clock, uh, Paul Jackman's clock. I have a couple of other makers that I owe clocks to. And I just now, within the last month, kind of figured out how to do one. I told uh, Zach at uh, ZH Fabrications I wanted to do one for him. But how do you incorporate a clock into an anvil? Mm. You know, because that's what his main logo is. And I think I finally figured it out. So now I just need to to actually do it and then send it to him. Uh, and maybe I'll just take a weekend and just drive out there and give it to him. I don't know. The funny thing is, like, you can look at an anvil and go, well, obviously you can just, you know, mill out a hole and put a clock mechanism in the hole. Sure. And sure. I think that's how most people would think. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's boring, right? That's not special. And yeah. I know that's not what you're going to do. So I can say that's no. boring and not special and know that I'm not <laughs> offending you by saying it. No. I love, I, I, I know you're going to come up with something clever for it, which is really, really cool. And I, do you ever, do you ever feel like how far can I go in this niche? Like, or is, do you feel like the potential is unlimited? Because I know that when I'm, I know that there are certain niches where it's like people get burnt out on them and then they just move on to other things. How are you, uh, how are you fixed for the future with it? I'm, I'm still feeling pretty good about it. Okay, good, good. You know, I haven't made like, a mantle clock. Okay. Which is something I would like to do. Um, so that would be different. That's kind of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And cause I'd like to do like an uh, early turn of the century type mantle clock that, you know, has the curves and, and all that and figuring out how to do all that is, as you know, a challenge. Sure. Um, so I've got to figure that out. And the, the grandfather clock. Yeah. And all of these are for me. And, but along the way, I get people that say, hey, can you make one of those for me? <laughs> yes. And, you know, I don't remember who said it. It might have been Jimmy. The answer is always yes. And then you figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. So Cause you that's have, where I go. You, you know, speaking of Jimmy, you know, especially with clocks, you have varying degrees of gizmosity. You know, you have everything from a very simple, you know, traditional quartz mechanism that you strap to the back of a plate that you put numbers on all the way up to like you have anniversary clocks with the spinning pendulums. And then you have your grandfather clocks. You have cuckoo clocks, which are the most insane mechanisms pretty much. I, that I think actually of all clocks, I could be wrong about this. I'm not a clock expert, but I'm pretty sure cuckoo clocks are the most complicated clocks that can be made. Um, I agree. Now, how far into this do you go? Are you just, the aesthetics are yours and then the mechanism is, you know, for, for now, yes. Package? Okay. Are you looking yeah. to get into making crazy mechanisms and mechanical stuff like a cuckoo clock or an anniversary I, clock? Or I would like to do that, and I would like to think that I have that ability. Mm-hmm. You uh, probably do. Some, I'll tell you, you some, probably do. So you thank go. you. I, it's something I have to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can, I mean, you can buy kits. Sure. And. Maybe what I need to do is I need to start looking in that direction and just saying, okay, well, this is what I want to do. Now, how do I do it? And and go from that aspect. Because I don't do anything really with metal as far as casting or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's all got to be pre-made. 
We know uh, a couple but, guys that can help you with that. <laughs> yes, I'm sure we do. Um, one's about three and a half hours away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that I would like to get into make, getting more technical clocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, I be honest with you, I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. And sure. it's just the people enjoy what I'm doing. And that's, that means a lot to me. That's what, that's what I like the most about making stuff for other people. That's, I think that's the one thing that making for yourself will never satisfy. And that's that, that buzz you get from giving it to somebody and seeing their face mm-hmm. and showing them something cool. Like I'm, I'll hold these up here and I'll put a picture of them in this, in the show, but I'm going to meet my girlfriend's nieces for the first time and um, meeting her, meeting them for the first time on Saturday. And I found out that they love stickers. They are obsessed with stickers. So for each of them, I made a pack of stickers. Oh, that is awesome. So these are really, really cool. And obviously, you know, I talked to Josh Tyson last week. So, you know, these are made using a diff using AI and my cricket, and I made vinyl stickers for them. So they both got, there's two of them because there's two girls and you know how it is with two. You got to make sure each gets one. Absolutely. And they're going to get some stickers that are, you know, her, my girlfriend and I were sitting on her couch, we're watching TV and she goes, I said, well, should should we bring something for the girls? And we were talking to her, they really like stickers. Oh, they like stickers. Okay. What do they like? Like, oh, you know, the usual stuff, unicorns, kittens, you know, mermaids, stuff like that. I'm like, perfect. And, I would say probably within 45 minutes or so we had a full set of stickers for each of them. And it's like, I know that I'm going to enjoy giving these to them more than I enjoyed making them. Like they were fun to make. It was cool to show off how the AI can make stickers. Like I can't Mm -hmm. draw that stuff, but I can, I can coax it out of an AI with some creative prompt writing. Sure. Sure. Those are going to be cool. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm starting to get very, very excited, not just about AI, but what I can bring to people now that's going to surprise them. Because I feel like I've established what I can do, and now I feel like I'm going to hit next level with some of the stuff I can do now. And that's the fun part. I'm wondering, I haven't looked into that at all, and I'm just wondering, and listening to your AI episode, Mm -hmm. which was awesome, I might say. Thank you, thank you. I'm wondering, you know, do I incorporate some of that into my work and see where that leads me? Because I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. My mind does not shut off. Mm-hmm. I i mean, I'm sure like, like many, many makers out there, I go to bed and I'm thinking about something and I can't, I can't go to sleep because I, I've got to come up with some kind of, uh, can't quiet solve. that inner voice. <laughs> yeah. I got to solve this one problem mm-hmm. and I might come up with a couple of ideas and then I can go to sleep but I've laid there for two hours thinking about it. So uh, I'm wondering if maybe, maybe AI might, might creep its way into my work. I think, I think what I'm learning little by little and I'm getting better. The trick with what I'm the the trick with these, what they call generative AIs Mm -hmm. is learning how to ask it a question that will give you the answer you're looking for. Even if it's not the exact, you know, if you know if you want a frog but you want an outline that you can laser engrave right getting the getting the ai to understand what that would look like so that you could get this file that you can actually do something with i'm finding that that is the secret sauce you know right now i'm actually working on 
I'm working on collecting pages to do some Kindle Direct Publishing and doing coloring books because coloring oh, wow. books on Kindle Direct Publishing are basically passive income. You know, oh. you basically make yeah. coloring, you make coloring pages, you put them together in a book format, it prints them on demand and it sends them off to customers and you make 70% of what the book costs. Oh, that's awesome. It's like, okay, cool. So if I get this book done and put it there and it sells, I get 70% of what it sells for. Okay. I can crank out 50 once. coloring books in a couple of weeks if I exactly. get good with the prompts. And I'm starting to feel like once you know how to get what you want out of these services, man, there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of potential, mm. especially in our space. Just, you know, how many times has a client asked me for specific artwork and I have to go find it or find right. a piece of clip art, find an SVG file that I can engrave with the laser, you know? Yes. And now it's, yeah. now it changes. <laughs> now mm -hmm. it changes. Well, and, you know, we were talking about the pleasure you get from giving something to somebody. Now, I do have something here that I've been working on for a while. The little backstory is the preacher that married to perform my wife and I's wedding. Mm -hmm. She's uh, she's long since retired. And I have started making crosses out of cedar. Ooh, okay. There was a cedar tree that fell on the church property. Huh. So I was making crosses to give to different people, different members of the church. And it had a little symbolism because it came from the property. I never thought of Pastor Jean, you know, because she wasn't there anymore. So what I did, and oh, before I get there, I got a part of a church pew that came out of the church that I attend. And that's mahogany. Mm. So what I did was I took part of that church pew and I made this box. Oh, wow. And what it holds. Oh, where is it? There it is. Oh. Is a cedar cross pendant. Wow. So now you know that I've dabbled a little bit in jewelry making. Mm -hmm. So. I'm doing this for her. She is going to be getting this. She is in Annapolis and doesn't get out a lot. So she is getting this on the 18th. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. But um, it's just one one more thing that I can only imagine the reaction she's going to have because it, of the symbolism of it. There's so much. This Honestly, this makes me think of Christy from Twisted Twine. Because there's because everything that she makes is like family oriented and has a story. Yep. And it's very funny that what you're making here has this much story attached to it. You know, it's the pew from the church. It's the mm -hmm. cedar that fell on the church property. It's like, wow, that is I freaking love that. <laughs> it's it's different, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I like for it to have a story behind it. Sure, sure. So. And especially, you know, to be able to give somebody that's you know, important to your, your history, yes. something that's important to theirs. Like they, there's so much synergy there. God, I love that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of a mushy, emotional guy in case you haven't figured it out yet. Um, yeah, so, once in a while. <laughs> so that really, <laughs> that really does strike right at the heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, so, so the stuff you make other than the, the, the Stuff like that. Have you made a lot of stuff that has those kind of backstories to them? I know you just recently did one. Maybe you want to talk about the one you made 
Um, you just <laughs> sent out a couple couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, speaking of backstories. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those that have ever followed Joni Sprague, mm-hmm. um, you know that she and Oak Hill Millworks and a few other people in our space have been working on a TV show for on the Outdoor Channel that is Renovation Hunters. So last year, and I want to say it was in Nebraska, they were working on a reno and Joni slid herself across the floor and got a splinter in her derriere. So now Christy is a former nurse. So, but she wasn't able to uh, get it out. They took her to the hospital, which was a little bit of a trek. They weren't able to get it out. It wasn't until she got home that they finally got this splinter out of her backside. Oh, wow. So, and I don't know how long it was in there, but we know what a splinter will do. I mean, it causes infection fairly fast. Yep. So after hearing about that, of course, my silly mind was like, Ooh, that would make a cool clock. (laughs) So I thought about it and thought about it. And then I happened to be in contact with her and I messaged her or responded to one of her stories and she responded back, which you know, she doesn't follow me, but I thought that was cool that she responded. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if she was going to be at Maker's Camp last year, and she said, no, she wasn't going to be able to make it. And I said, okay, well, that's cool. So that was one thing I didn't have to worry about making to take. And I was feeling a little a little weird about it. Um, so I was talking to my co-conspirator, and she said, oh, just go ahead and make it. She'll like it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you sure? She's got a good sense of humor. She'll like it. So I go through and I make it. And I was like, I've got to do something more. This still seems just a little weird. Uh, Some creepy guy in Maryland is sending somebody a clock that is in the shape of a butt. (laughs) And so that's when I came up with the certificate of authenticity. (laughs) Which was probably seeing her read that in her stories (laughs) was definitely the best part of the whole thing. That was so cool. <laughs> and, you know, because she put the emphasis in every right spot. So I sent her that. And, you know, I just I, going back to uh, what we do, I went and found an SVG file that I could download and got this bikini butt and then figured out where I could put the, uh, the clock face and then on the other cheek was a splinter with a Hello Kitty Band-Aid over it. So awesome. So, you know, the backstory was it happened, and now we need to remember it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we have to remember history. We don't have to live it. we got to remember it. So <laughs> we don't do it again. Yeah, otherwise you're doomed to repeat it. <laughs> exactly. I don't think she's going to scoot along any floors anytime soon. No, at least not any wood floors. <laughs> no. So, But, yes, those are the kinds of things that I like to do. Uh, a lot like Christy at twisted twine Mm -hmm. if i can incorporate something to make it a little more meaningful i will i think that's just i think that's the right way to go i really do i think you know there's there's something to be said for making stuff that's just going to be a quick sale that you can fly out the door with and let people buy that has its place but i think the stuff that has the most meaning is the stuff that there's some kind of story behind it even if it's 
the, what I'm what I'm really starting to learn. It's funny how much you learn later on in your journey, right? Because I've been doing this making stuff since 2017. But the more I make, the more I realize that even the silly stuff means more when there's a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Something like um, Kathy, the first Pokemon that Kathy caught in the game was one called Picky Peck. Uh-huh. And I made her a Picky Peck that I hand painted. Um, I 3D oh. printed it. I hand painted it. And I gave it to her in a gift box with a Pokemon logo on the top of it. And oh, I handed that, that to cool. her and I said, here, now you can commemorate the first Pokemon you ever caught. That's neat. And it's like, that's a, if you think about on its surface, right, just strictly what it is, it's kind of mm-hmm. silly. Yeah. Right. But when you add the story to it, it, now it's a really cool little gift. It's like, yeah, this is yes. awesome. <laughs> and, you know, in 10 years, you know, it, it may have not been seen for the last five and all of a sudden it pops up and it's like, I remember this, mm-hmm. you know, and it becomes a bit of nostalgia. Do you have, do you have stuff like that in you? Cause I know that like people that make, uh, especially people that make things that are considered higher end, like clocks and accessories, like home decor accessories like that. Do you have stuff? Do you make stuff to commemorate stuff for yourself? Do you have stuff like that around your house also? Um, no, not really. <laughs> Not really. So you have clocks um, in your house like I have cutting boards in mine, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one. I, I have a bunch of clocks that I've made mm-hmm. just because, you know, my wife will say, well, we can sell that. And we've gone to some craft fairs and stuff and I have sold stuff there. Um, so that's not to say that I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I some of the uh, antique clocks that I have. I have a small mantle clock that in 2019 at the first maker's camp, there was a vendor up there and he had this clock and some cuckoo clocks. And I was like, Oh, I was going through the DTs and I had to buy at least one. So I bought that. I like the way you said I had to buy at least one. Not I wanted to, not it was something I wanted to have. No, I had to buy at least one. Exactly. I had to. Um, And I brought it home did some research on it, found it was from the 1890s to right after the turn of the century is when this could have been put together. Mm-hmm. Oiled it up, cleaned it up, oiled it up, and it's been running ever since. Every Sunday I wind it. Wow. So it, it just keeps on going. And that's the kind of clock. I look at that clock and I say, I'm going to make a clock like that. So and, something will just stand the test of time and look really cool yeah. sitting on a mantle. <laughs> Right. I mean, I've got one from 1870. Look how old that is now. And wow. it still works. A 150-year-old clock. <laughs> and every Sunday, I wind it, and it keeps on going. It's, it baffles me. The, the, I don't want to say lack of technology, but the technology of the time mm-hmm. is still going. And again, I work on cars for a living, and all of the creature comforts in cars and all the electronics, that's what's keeping me in business because that stuff breaks. Sure does. And you look at something that was built in the 1800s and look at people like um, uh, Mad Man Made in, Ma- in Massachusetts, Lucas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Him and these people bringing back these old machines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
it's it's the same principle. That stuff still works. What's what's interesting though? What's interesting though is I was watching. I think it was Veritasium. He did a video a couple of years ago, right? And he was walking around in Japan. He was walking through this town that I think he said it was like fifteen hundred years old. Like the buildings in this town were fifteen hundred years old, and everything in it is just ancient. He goes and you know you walk through this town. And the initial impression that people have is that, well, they don't make them like this anymore, right? They don't make them like this anymore to last from like, you know, 1500 years ago. He goes, but that, and this is what I thought was interesting. And I love discussions like this because like, oh, I never thought of it that way. So he said that this is a perfect example of what's called survivor bias, where you look at something like these buildings that lasted and you go, well, look, these lasted from the 1500s. And he said, First of all, most buildings from the from 1500 years ago are gone. He said, so yeah. we look at these and go, oh, these lasted, so therefore they're made better. Well, yeah, maybe these were, but right. it's not a general rule that they were. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. But when you think about it, with something like a clock, clocks are a perfect example because the, the mechanism, while complicated for you know the average person, mm-hmm. is so much simpler. It's a mechanical yes. mechanism. There's no electronics. There's no capacitors in it that are going to over time just start leaking and eat the whole board. There's right. no nothing in it that degrades. It just runs as long as you mm-hmm. squirt some oil in it once in a while and turn the crank on it. It's going to run consistently. Exactly, and that's that's the beauty of it. Do, do you do you find yourself attracted to? the beauty of the workings or is it the, the nostalgia of it? Like, Oh man, I'm touching, I'm holding something that's really old. Like, what is it? What is it that gets you the most? Like, is it the, the gizmosity? I love that word, by the way, if you can't tell, yeah. but the gizmosity of it is that the, the history, what's your, what's your, uh, your draw? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, because my, um, shelf clock that I have when I, the, before I really knew a whole lot about clocks, I took it to a clock shop local to me and said, what's it going to cost me to get this thing running? And he said, okay, about, I don't know, let's just say $300. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. I'm going to leave it here and, you know, let me know when it's done. So this thing's three feet tall by two feet wide. Oh, wow. It's big. Yeah. And... I came by and dropped off $150 and said, here, this goes towards fixing my clock. And I never heard back from him. Uh, three months later, I went over there and said, and there's my clock running, sitting there on the counter. And I said, you guys didn't call me. Mm-hmm. Well, we tried to. And I looked at my phone. I said, no, you didn't. And I don't know what happened there, but it doesn't matter. But I said, so when do you think that this clock was put together? He said, this clock is unusual. Most clocks of, uh, are either have two plates or they have straps mm-hmm. that hold them together. He said, yours is a combination of both. He said, that's somewhat rare. You don't see that very often. So he said, I'm going to estimate this right around 1870 that it was put together. Inside of it, And what I'll do uh, is I'll try to send you a picture. I have a very close-up picture of the sticker that's inside of it that of from a clock shop Mm -hmm. 
that it went to on October the 14th, I think it was 1879. Oh, wow. And so I keep this clock somewhat in the dark so that it doesn't fade it Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I have a picture of that decal, and I'll try to remember to send you a picture of it because it's just cool. That's history. And the fact that, you know, everything, it's got the original weights in it, and it's very simple. It's just a couple of big lumps of steel. And they used cans to cover up the pulleys on top. That's it? But it works. <laughs> you know, and then it's got it. I'll, I'll send you a picture of the, of the whole clock. And cool, cool. It, but it's all hand carved, you know, all the ornamental stuff. It's it's just, yeah, the gizmosity is there, too. Sounds like It so, sounds like a real achievement for 150 years ago. Yes, yeah, you could say that. And, so and that's that's what makes it special to me. And what's interesting, what's interesting is that overall, I mean, you know, some of the technology that some of the technology and movements really it went from you know fully mechanical to quartz to digital. You know, mm-hmm. they've they've changed, but in the end, it's just di- different things doing the same thing. You know, instead of winding a spring that you know lets out over the course of a week, you're you know you're got a computer that basically sends a pulse and that pulse is accurate enough based on the size of a crystal that you know that okay well there you go there's your there's your time there and i mean i've seen it with i've seen a lot of videos of people fixing watches and it to me it just never gets old like i can watch people i watch these tiny you know and you watch you lose perspective one of my favorite things about those videos is that you lose perspective on the scale of what they're doing and, you know, you'll see it on the screen. It's on through a digital microscope and it's huge and you're looking at it and it's taking up your whole screen. I'm like, I could, I could do this. I could do this. Right. And then they pull back and you see the guy, he's got a loop on looking through a magnifying glass and the thing yeah. is sitting in a vice and he's pulling out one gear with a tweezer that you can't even see on camera. And it's like, exactly. Oh man. How cool is that? And again, the, you know, there are a lot of wa- watches in particular, a lot of watches that are ancient that are just, mm-hmm. you know, just, just wind them. It'll work. Yeah. And well, and even still, I mean, look at your, your real high end watches of today. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are still the same way. They still go on your wrist. The movements of your body and wrist and kinetic energy are what wind them. Which is mind boggling to me. It's still, yeah. that never gets old as a thing to be fascinated by. Exactly. So, you know, there's, to, as you say, the gizmosity is still there. Um, although now most of our stuff is run by batteries and so forth, but the the mechanical timepieces they're still out there, and it's cool to find them. No one's no one's going to pass down their Apple Watch. No, you know that that's what it's weird because like I find this infinitely functional. I love it. I use it. It's it makes my life easier, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, in the end, no one's going to want this when I'm dead. They're going to be like, they're going to be like, it's an Apple watch. Like I could go to the store and get a new one that didn't come off a creepy dead guy's wrist. You know what I mean? There you go. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, people always talk about like my, um, my mom has my grandfather. He had, um, somehow or another, I don't even know. I don't know how the stories my family are connected to, but apparently my grandfather had connections to one of the railroad companies in West Virginia, where my family's from. Hmm. And he had a, basically a, 
I forgot what they call it, like a Railman's pocket watch, I want to say. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And it's beautiful. It is, but it's super duper simple. Like there is nothing about this watch that's ornate, nothing that's crazy, but you look at it and it's just this big, beautiful dial that you can read very easily covered by a pop down face, mm-hmm. a pop down cover that reveals the face on it and a crystal that is just, it's domed enough that it, it magnifies the dial a little bit. So it's easier to right. see. And it's just such a utilitarian piece. And yet everyone in my family wants that watch. Oh, I'll bet they do. <laughs> you know, look at the history that it has. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like this has no history. This has no right. history. The history of this is I bought it. I bought it, you know, in 2019, right after my surgery. Cause it could tell someone it could dial nine one one. If I fell, that's uh, why I bought it. That's literally why I bought it. And it's like, okay, cool. There's your story. But a lot of stuff does that now. But my grandfather's yeah. pocket watch is a very coveted item. It's in a velvet bag somewhere in my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not telling. No, she's never going to part with that thing either. I think, you know, <clears throat> one, one, one day, one day I may find, I may get it into my own possession, but until then it's my mom's and she treasures that mm-hmm. thing. Sure. I'm, I'm sure she does. But, um, I'm going to be getting stuff that was from my, my grandfather and my great grandfather, um, from relatives on my mother's side. Mm-hmm. Um, cause my grandfather was in world war one. So I'm going to get some, some interesting items from him. And apparently my great grandfather was in possibly the civil war. Wow. But I have family that goes back that far, uh, here in the United States. That's cool. So that, yeah, that is pretty neat. <laughs> my, my, um, my grandfather, my grandfather on my mother's side was a drill sergeant in world war one. My grandfather on my father's side was in the army air force. So he oh, wow. was in the air force before it was its own, um, branch of the service. Um, and he was left blister on a flying fortress that's what he did. Ooh. And I actually have his wings. I have his sterling silver wings. Now that's cool. Yeah. I have, I've, I've been, I've tried to figure out, this is one of those, like, this is one of those things that, you know, you ask people and the answer you expect is the answer you get. Like part of me wants to like restore them to the gleaming silver that they were in the pictures of him. Mm-hmm. But then they have this patina on them and people are horrified when I say that I want to restore them to what they look like when he wore them. Right. As if I have no argument that makes sense to them for wanting them to look <laughs> like they did in the pictures, you know? And yeah. there's so much history with them. And they're like, are you, are you nuts? All that patina is all the history. I'm like, well, no, not really. Because in all the pictures from world war one and world war two, they're silver, <laughs> you know, the history, exactly. the patina happened after. <laughs> right. The history is under the, the patina. <laughs> Exactly. You know, the, the patina came from the jewelry box. Right, exactly. Just <laughs> sitting there butted up against some other crazy earring that my grandmother had or whatever. Exactly. But it is amazing. It is amazing how 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 long the nostalgia lasts for certain things that we keep. Mm-hmm. It's it, I don't know, I get I'm not a nostalgic person. I don't have a whole lot of my family stuff here, but like I do have a lot of art here and every piece of art that I have hanging in this apartment has a story behind it. 
And when I get, when I bring new people to the apartment for the first time, I give them the art tour because I want to tell them what all the art is. Cause I got like, I got pieces from Dahlia Raz and I have a piece over on the wall from Dan Roto and I have another piece on the wall from Cat Leapins and, you know, I have wow. all these artists that, you know, that have been on Because We Make and Digitally Creative, all these artists that I love and friends of mine, I have mm-hmm. all their art. I buy all their that art cool. because that's what I like to do. I like to own their art. I want their mm-hmm. art on my walls. So. Exactly. Well, that's, you know, you you think about that and we can go back to Jimmy and, mm-hmm. and all of the, the things that Jimmy has uh, produced and sold. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of us have a if it looks straight, it is straight poster. Yep. Took me a while, but I got one. Sure. Or an but, ice pick. You know, I, I've got a couple of ice picks. The ice pick is you know, the greatest thing ever, by the way. It is. <laughs> and I always find a new use for it. Yep. Um, the the different blades that he's made. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I don't, I haven't done anything with them as far as making them into anything else. Although the one knife that he uh, put out, it, his he wants people to take that and do something with it right now. For me, it's just hanging up on the wall with everything else. Jimmy, the rest of it. <laughs> um, one day I might do something for a handle and it's not going to be a clock, but I don't know what it will be. So, but yeah, I can understand where you're coming from on, on wanting other people's art. Not only is it, is it just cool to have, but you're supporting them. Yes. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. I I love I love buying the things that my friends make. I do. I feel like, you know, that is a way that that is a tangible way that I can say you did something really cool. Let me let me be a part of that. You know, right. um design the everything AJ Huff. Um I think this is the first Kickstarter he did that I didn't get involved in. This mm-hmm. you know, but the prior ones, yeah, it was I, he made he did you know, generative coin, a generative art coin. I bought that. He did the carabiner, the, the not for climbing carabiner. I bought that. He did, you know, um, Thomas did the frog pod. I did that. I have yep. many things. Anytime Jimmy, Jimmy could put his name on freaking anything. I think I'll buy it just because he put his name <laughs> on it. Yeah. You know, and you know what the sneaky, by the way, you know what the sneaky genius of Jimmy is? Remember when he made the push sticks with the hands? Yep. yep. And you look at them and you go, oh, those are cute. And you get them, and you put them in your shop, and you cut them out of their their carrier, and you sand off the tabs, and you're like, I'm never going to use these, but they're kind of cool because they got Jimmy's art on it, whatever. Right. I've used those damn things a million times. <laughs> they're like the best. They're like the best push sticks ever. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until I needed a push stick, and I didn't want to use the small chicken foot one that came with my saw. I was like, mm-hmm. these are a little bit longer. Hey, let me give them a go. That's what they're for, right? I'm like. Oh, these are sneakily well designed. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, Jimmy's been around the block. Yeah. So, you know, he's got half a clue on what to do. And uh yeah, he the genius is that he has he's done his prototyping mm-hmm. and he has made that so that you don't even realize what you're what you're doing. And it's like, oh, that really works well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the secret. I think that's the secret to a well-made product. You know, I was, you know, watching Austin, watching the Hexacto develop, um, mm-hmm. which I haven't sent him the bill for the name yet, but um, I will be sending <laughs> him the bill for the name soon. Um, it's one of those things where it's like everybody has an Exacto knife in in their in their shop, in their craft room, whatever. And 
unless you are a very strange human being, you probably hate yours. You know, oh, yeah. the only exacto knife that I use is the one that Ethan gave me. It's one of his that's leather wrapped. And the reason I like his is because that leather wrap makes it a much nicer experience to use. It kind of stops it from rolling around. It adds right. a little bit of bulk to it. It's a little padded. It gets a better grip. It's not a stick with a blade on the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. And Austin comes along and goes, yeah, I hate all of them. I'm going to do this. And he's like, okay, this doesn't roll off the table. The blade affirmatively clamps into the knife. The tool to put the blade in is in the handle of the, and you look at it and you go, Jesus, he solved like five problems in one shot with this thing. He did. And he did. And it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's, it's not crazy complicated. It's just smart. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes I, you know, you hang around and I'm always talking about how, you know, you hang around these people and you feel smart and in general, right? Like I feel like I know what I'm doing. Right. And then I hang around the people we all know yeah. and I'm like, Ooh, I'm not that smart at all. Like oh, we're hanging yeah. around some smart freaking people. You know, this is good. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back here and watch and learn. Mm-hmm. I, I felt and, that. And I, I felt that profoundly at maker camp. Yes. You know, like, absolutely. like I, there was nothing that I was watching people do that I could just step in and just do. Like I would right. have to learn. I'd have to start at the beginning of one of the classes and participate if I wanted to. Yeah. But. And and one that I want to do, try to remember to do this year that I didn't do. When I told you that my mom used to sew, mm-hmm. I want to take one of Patty's sewing classes because she was doing that last year and I just didn't make it over to it. And I didn't get to take a class with Ethan either. So I want to do both of those if I can. I I have it on good authority that Patty may listen to this podcast. And Uh-oh. and Patty, if you listen to this podcast, this is this is your friend Vincent asking you nicely. Add as many more days as you can and talk them into giving you your own tent. Because yeah. from what I understand, like I know that was the class I wanted to take. And it was funny because the only reason I didn't like show up at the beginning of class and it was my own stupidity. Right. But the only reason I didn't was because I was over with you and Megan and a whole bunch of other people at the tent because they started the, um, the swap. Yes. Right at the time that the next sewing class was going to start. Yep. And I was watching, we were watching what everybody was getting and whatnot. Um, yeah. But man, that class must be like, I've never met anyone that went to maker camp, especially this year that hasn't said the same thing. If you, well, as soon, in fact, as soon as you said there's one class that you wanted to take, I'm like, he's going to say Patty's Patty sewing class. And sure yep. enough, you said Patty's sewing class. I'm like, yeah. Yep, I feel like exactly. that's the class everyone wanted to take. Everybody wanted to learn from Patty how to sew. Oh, yeah. She's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. And I sat there the year before and just, she just brought stuff up just because. And they were doing it on the picnic tables under the pavilion. Mm-hmm. And Derek from Malden was uh, up there and did one that year in, uh, 21 and i'm just sitting there watching her and she's just going around nope this is what you got to do here and this is what you got to do she's an excellent teacher yeah as well as she she knows her craft very very well i would love someone and i'm pretty sure my girlfriend's cousin can teach me if she can just teach me how to thread the bobbin on the machine that i have i think i'll be okay 
because I do know how to use a sewing machine. I just don't know how to start a sewing machine. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I, and, and everyone tells you, you know, it's funny because this is one of those things where everyone tells you the same. It's like, I'll just watch it on YouTube. There's a million videos on how there are. Okay. Yep. But every sewing machine is different. Mm-hmm. And where do you pull the thread through and hook it through and run it through and to where and, it's not that straightforward. It's really not like uh, using the machine. I don't even need to watch a video. I know how to use a sewing machine. I've used a sewing machine, but my mom would set it up and thread it and get it ready for me. And I would just use it. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, I'm looking at this machine with no thread in it going, what do I do? (laughs) You know, what do I do? Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's what I want to learn. But for me, I'm a very hands, hands on type of person. Mm -hmm. I can watch a video. But I may have to watch that video numerous times to fully get it because I'm used to being able to touch everything with my hands and and or having somebody show me. Right. You're a kinesthetic. You know, you're a kinesthetic learner. <laughs> thank you. I learned I learned a new word today. Yeah, that um, is a word that Jazza, the YouTuber, uses all the time. And I didn't even know it was a real thing. Then when I had Steve McDonald on, he said it's absolutely a real thing. I'm like, well, OK, then. So it's a real thing. That's, so, yes, that's, that's us. what I am. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's why I want to learn from Patty because I've seen her do that. Mm-hmm. So, so that'll be fun. Well, I, you know what, in October, I think what we need to do is we need to corner Patty and be like, look, we're taking over this place. That's right. <laughs> Just the three of us. I, you know, we've talked, we've talked a lot about maker camp and, you know, I've, I think I told you when, when we were chatting while I was there, I wasn't going to go this year. No, you weren't. And um, in fact, I had pretty much resigned myself to the fact that I wasn't going. And then Keith from Working Hands Podcast kind of talked me into it. I like to say he bullied me into it, but of course I say that in complete jest. He didn't really bully me into it, but he did He did basically encourage me and said I'd really hate it if I didn't go. And he was 100% right. I had a great time at Maker Camp. Yeah, that was – and it was so good to see you there because – you said you were going to come up, and I'm, you know, I'm looking around and looking around, and I met uh, and Al there mm-hmm. because I had messaged him about going up, and he said, "Yep, he's supposed to be here somewhere. I don't know where he's at." <laughs> and he said, "Just look for a big yellow T-shirt," and there you go. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Al and uh, um, I can't think Next Gen Signs. Oh, Tom, yeah, Tom, yes, they were leaving. And I was up by George Von Driska, and I looked down, and I see a yellow T-shirt. <laughs> and I had to make a beeline because I knew it had to be you. Yep. So, uh, yeah. It, and, it, and it was so funny meeting all the pe- all these people who I had never seen their face. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wore this shirt. I'm like, if I wear yellow, I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb, which is perfect. Just come over to me and say hi, because I don't know what any of you look like. And yeah. so many people came up to me and were chatting with me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. I'm like, oh, I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, of course I know who you are. What am I talking about? Like, I don't, I didn't know anyone by face. But yeah, I, so I'm walking in. It was the funniest thing in the world. I'm walking into Maker Camp. And, you know, I, I parked. I had to park quite a bit away. It was really a trip yeah. getting back to my car at night, by the way. It's terrifying because. There's no lights anywhere <laughs> no, up, up. What is it? Sunnyside Road. Is that it? Yeah. Where, yeah. And there's no lights. So you can't see anything. And I'm walking up the road. I'm walking up the road coming to Maker Camp. And I, I'm near the entrance. And I kind of walked in. I'm like, where do I go to check in and get my bracelet? And she goes, oh, you have to go back to the main building. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm walking back to the main building. And who walks by? Who's the first 
person I see at Maker Camp, Ethan Carter. How about that? And he's walking by, and I'm like, bro, I have to come all the way up here to see you? And <laughs> it was just the coolest moment. I was like, oh, my God, the first person I see is Ethan. Like, yeah. how cool is the rest of this going to be? You know, like, and it was, and man. It was. it was so good. And by the time I left, and I left, I'm glad I left when I did because it freaking took me forever to get home, but it was so worth it. Like, that night, it was just amazing. Honestly, it was mm-hmm. the, it was one of the, I say it and I'm not even saying it with my tongue in cheek. It really was one of the best nights of my life. Just yeah. hanging out with everybody and seeing everybody and chatting with people in line and chatting with people who I'd only tangentially spoken to, but then having a real conversation with people, you know, mm-hmm. meeting new people, like getting to chat, getting to spend a half hour chatting with Bobby Duke. Like yeah. who gets to chat with Bobby Duke? period i got a half hour with him we were just standing there just chatting like two guys Mm -hmm. you know it was just one of the best nights ever you know meeting you meeting dave from atomic airship works Uh um you know not not seeing al because god knows you know he couldn't message me at any point and just say hey i'm here where are you but you know yeah well that'd have been too easy (laughs) not that not that i need special occasions to see al but um exactly you know it was weird to me and I was, I was standing up in the pavilion, and this was around lunchtime one day, and uh, Burke from Burke Make Stuff mm-hmm. is standing over by the uh, the cafeteria, I guess area, and he just called me. I'd met him one time before, <laughs> and it was very brief, and started asking me questions about you know clocks and and my mechanisms and stuff like that, and I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> this is what this is all about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, it was heartwarming because I was like, who do you think is going to remember you? Exactly. You know, Jimmy introduced me to some guy. He says, Hey, this is Ed. Give him something. He'll figure out how to make it into a clock. <laughs> and he wasn't even joking. Oh man. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just cool. I mean, George Von Drisker. Mm-hmm. Every year I walk, hey, George, how you doing? Hey, Ed, what's going on? And it's just cool. And, and you know, George Rondrisco, to me, is a big deal. Oh, to everyone in this space, he's a big deal. You know, yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy's the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, all the people that we, quote, unquote, look up to. Mm-hmm. They're all there. I don't, expect, I don't expect them to remember me, mm-hmm. but they do. They really do. Um they really and that's do. it's really heartwarming, and it, it just shows the camaraderie that we have in this space. It also shows that some that the respect is two ways, and this is mm-hmm. one of the interesting things about this community. Where you know, like I've I, I've always said, and I've said it a million times, and people are probably sick of me saying, it, and I'll say it a million times more because it's the truth. I always say that Jimmy is way cooler with me than I have any right to expect him to be. Mm-hmm. He has been he has been a better friend to me than people I've known my whole life. Right. And it's it's weird because it's like Jimmy is someone I always looked up to as I wouldn't say a hero. Hero is not the right word, but somebody I looked no. up as an inspiration. Somebody I looked right. up to and went, man, he's doing cool stuff. I want to do cool stuff like Jimmy. You know, mm-hmm. to, I have a bunch of people that I hold at that level of Jimmy. Um, Bob Claggett is one of them. Steve Ramsey, yeah. you know, the people that Joel telling the people I got into making because of those are the people they're right. like my OGs, my pillars. Right. 
And every one of them I've met and every one of them has been as cool to me as the amount of respect that I have for them. And that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind because it's not supposed to happen, right? You're supposed to meet these people and they're supposed to be like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you person that came up to me at a thing. Exactly. But they're not. That's I, not them. They know who you are. They always know yeah. who you are. <laughs> yep. So. That's exactly right. And you know, you expect them to stay up on that pedestal that you've placed them on. Mm-hmm. But yet they come down to you. I remember telling I remember telling the first person I dated after Maker Camp because I was talking to her about Maker Camp. And I was like, that was one of those moments where I was jealous of everyone that went, every man that went with his wife and every wife that went with her husband. I said, that's where I was jealous. She goes, what do you mean? I was like, because I was having moments where people were recognizing me and I felt famous for one day in my life. Mm -hmm. I felt a little bit famous and it was just so cool to have that feeling. And it sucks so much to have no one to share it with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I know what you mean, you know. It's, it is really, it is a really good experience. And I know I've talked about maker camp quite a few times on, on this show and Mm -hmm. I will never stop talking about it. I am very much looking forward to this year's. I will be there for all three days this year, by the way. Nice. I was going to ask you if you were going to come up and stay up there this year. Oh, I'm, I'm already, I'm already camped out in Al's uh, guest room. So, uh, sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, he offered last year when I had money. Well, now I don't. So yeah, Al. (laughs) I'll definitely take it. <laughs> I'll sleep in the woods. I'll sleep on Hannibal. Just put an air mattress on Hannibal. It'll be fine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, me and Hannibal got really familiar with each other this past couple of weeks anyway. So yeah, I can sleep true. on Hannibal. Ah, <laughs> it's, it's, but yeah, if you haven't been to maker camp, just d- d- find a way to get there. Just, just mm-hmm. find a way to get there. It's, it's, obviously it's for some people, the travel sucks. I know that. Um, sure it does. It, but you know what? Once you're there, you're there for three or four days. It doesn't matter anymore. Just go and enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always go up there and I see, you know, people say that they, they went down to the milk run or they went here. They went. I'll tell you what. The times that I've left the resort, mm-hmm. I can count on one hand. Yeah. yeah. Once I get there, my truck sits and I'm there the whole time. Sure. I don't go anywhere. Yeah. You don't. Because you don't there's need to. just. Yeah. There's so much to absorb the whole time you're there and you you still can't do it. No, it just, it's not possible. I've been up to that area like a million times, like a million, million times. And as many times as I've been up there, it's just a thing that like going to maker camp, like I'd just rather be here. <laughs> like I'd rather mm-hmm. be here. This yeah. is awesome. Like, uh, and you know, another person that, that I looked up to that I, got to meet there in 2019 and then again this past year was Laura Kong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where else do you walk up to somebody of that status, right. let's say, and just say, hey, Laura, how you doing? Yeah. And, you know, she doesn't snub you. She'll stand there and talk to you. She may not know who you are, and that's fine because we didn't have a chance to meet, but you know, she will get to know you. And it was it was really cool. Uh, to be able to do that. It took, it took a couple of events, but now it, what's interesting is that at these events, I'm now having two different experiences. I'm having the meet new people experiences Mm -hmm. and I'm also having the see old friends experiences. Yes. And the see old friends experiences are kind of a trip because it's like, you know, 
I, the first time I went to Jimmy Speedway, I didn't, I literally didn't know anybody there. Like, mm-hmm. um, but by the time I left, I had made some friends. Right. And then when I went back the year after, it's like, it was just like picking up where we left off. We're all just hanging out. Everybody's just, we're doing our thing. You know, we're chatting about cameras. We're chatting about the go-karts. We're talking about this, that, and the third, putting stickers on walls. And it's just <laughs> one big hang. And it's the most fun thing ever. It's just, honestly, I actually look forward to tell anyone this, but I look forward to that more than I look forward to maker camp. Cause it's a more inter- intimate gathering. Yeah. But man, it's like when you start, when you start looking forward to these events as much as for the event as for the people you're going to see at them, yep, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it it's is. all about. It's those connections. You know, we always talk about, oh, all these personal connections, these friend connections. All Well, here it is. In practice, this is what you're yeah. doing. So, And, you know, to swing this back around, this is where, for me, I guess entering into the maker community, this is where it kind of started for me was in 2019, even though I had already been doing stuff, but to get my work out there to, to other people was more or less started at maker camp. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, for anybody wanting to hear my origin story, it started pretty much there uh, as far as, as, as Ed's clocks and more. Isn't that wild? Um, yeah, it is, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's weird because see now, I bought my wife a cricket and a bunch of other whole bunch of accessories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she's messed around with it a little bit. She's not doing real great with it, but um, I told her, I said, look, if you get to start making stuff, then, then we can, you know, incorporate your stuff with my stuff. Sure. And her name is Dawn. So it's EDS which originally was Ed Swanson. It could be Ed and Dawn Swanson. EDS. Exactly. That's genius. <laughs> I, I told her that's why I did it this way. Don't tell her I didn't, but you know, it sounds good anyway. <laughs> Listen, whatever makes the wife happy is the right answer, right? <laughs> well, this is true. Well, she doesn't believe me, so it doesn't matter. Right, fair but, enough. <laughs> you know, but you know, you know, for her to, to be able to, to, make her own things and incorporate it and we can do this together is it, it's it's like a dream come true you know we we've been together for 35 years wow congratulations thank you and to be able to do this this kind of thing together would just you know it's going to keep on going yeah so no hey man that's i'm 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 right there with you i completely understand you know when you when you find someone who's who's geek who's you know weird who's crazy mm-hmm. aligns with yours it's a very different feeling you know yep, i'm and hold on to it i'm very lucky right now i have a girlfriend who are crazy aligns beautifully and i am happier than i've been in a very very long time and and that's good to see it, it's i'll tell you it's it's been a hard road getting here right but mm-hmm. man, meeting her like so, I'll give you a perfect example. So at the end of the month, at the end of um, April, we're going to Brickfest, which is a mm-hmm. Lego con, basically. Oh, okay. In Edison, New Jersey, it's huge. It's massive. They take over the whole event center. It's a really, really big event with lots of stuff going on. But when I saw the ad for it, I was like, I don't want to go to this alone. And my first instinct is, I have to go to this alone, right? So I texted her. I'm like, Hey is this something you'd be interested in going to with me? 
She goes, yeah, when are we going? Like, what day do you want to go? I'm like, all right, yeah. <laughs> you gotta love that. Yeah, and, and she's excited about Maker Camp. Like, she wants to come to Maker Camp. She wants to see what goes on at Maker Camp. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, exactly. So. No, that she'll enjoy it. I think so, too. I think so, too. And it's, it's, it's kind of nice because I know it was, it was weird because I was in a really weird spot when I was at maker camp and it was a good day because it cleared my, it cleared my head a lot. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went back into the world the day after with like purpose and like, you know, it was, it was a good reset. It was more, Mm -hmm. it wasn't even a recharge. It was a reset. And I think that's what a lot of us need from time to time. We need to not, not recharge, not take a day off. You need to just erase your brain and start reprogramming Mm -hmm. it from zero. Yep. And I think that's exactly right. I think that's what one, Maker Camp did for me. Yeah. And one thing that I do, like, uh, and I've I've told this story to other people, um, another something from Maker Camp um, is I learned how to turn pens. Mm. So now it's become such a, um, I don't want to say a mindless thing, mm-hmm. but it's something that I don't have to think about too hard. Perfect. So if I get into, uh, really deep thought of about a project and I just need to clear my head, I'll go make a pen or three Sure. because then I can just sit there and, and, and work on the lathe and do that. And if I want to let my mind wander back to that project, at least it's, it's not full on that project and I'm not, uh, you know, giving myself a headache thinking about right. it. Right. And next thing you know, I've got a pen done. I'm putting it together. I bring it inside and, and show it to my wife and say, here, look at this one. Oh, yeah, that's nice and blah, blah, blah. And I set it up on the pen rack. I go out and do another one. And to me, that is a reset. Yeah. Because, again, it's one of those things that I don't have to think hard to do it. And it gives me a chance to just relax, I guess. Yeah, that was me and, today. And, I did that today. I had, um, you know, my goal was to get the stickers done. Mm-hmm. And then I had the cricket out because it's not like my old it's not like my old house where I had the cricket permanently set up. I have to set it up every time I want to use it, which means when I take right. it out, I try to get as much use out of it as I can before I put it all back away. Sure. And today it was like, well, there's a bunch of stuff I want to make on the cricket. I'm just going to keep making stuff until I don't want to make stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And I turned out like five different projects that have just been kind of simmering on the back burner. And why? Because it's easy. I work on the cricket very, it's an easy thing for me, right? Same thing right. you were talking about with pens, right? For me, making mm-hmm. stuff on the cricket, like making shirts. Um, I made a shirt for Kathy. I made a shirt for myself. I made the stickers and I made a decal for my car. And okay. I, I, I was like, I just had so much fun today. And I was like, okay, that was what today was supposed to be then. I was supposed to take it a little easy, let my back heal. <laughs> and yeah. just, yeah, exactly. just, you know, just reset that's my reset where you know do i still know i have a lot to do yeah do i still know that somewhere before next tuesday i have to do my taxes yes i know all that's coming i know it's all coming do i know i'm going to philly on saturday yes i know i go i'm going to philly on saturday but you know what for a couple of hours today i was just disconnected from the world just doing something i enjoyed doing for the sake of doing something i enjoyed doing yeah and i think and you, you, you have to give that to yourself yes yes I think that's what so, I think that's probably the best takeaway. 
from mm -hmm. the conversation is that, you know, don't be afraid to do something just because you like doing it. Yep, I, exactly. I screwed that up and I'm fixing it. I'm getting better at it, but it, I had to screw it up first. You don't have to screw it up. I'm learned from my experience. <laughs> um, why don't we kick over and do some, uh, some things of the week because, uh, All right. I'm curious to hear what yours is, as I'm always curious to hear what everyone's is. So uh, let's have it. Okay. So in keeping with our digital theme. Yeah, which is, um, by the way, I'm getting a lot of crap. Yes, it's only tangentially digitally yeah. connected these yeah. days. Sorry. It's more. It's because we make with a digital component now, yes. That's right. <laughs> and I like it. Um, but yet, even still, even with my clocks, I still use, I, I love my laser. Mm-hmm. And so my thing of the week is going to be uh, the laser makers realm. Mm -hmm. And you have three guys on there, the Louisiana hobby guy, hobo with wood and light source engraving. And Louisiana hobby guy is like, like a professor with light burn uh, hobo with wood. Same thing. All three of these guys, they teach you how to use the software show you what they're doing and with that particular uh youtube channel you get like free you get free stuff you can download a, a project and do it on your laser and it's it's really cool and then you, again you can look at either, any of these guys on their individual channels as well and still learn more so it's that's my thing of the week is going to be uh the laser makers realm. You know, those kinds of channels, by the way, have huge value when you buy something new. Mm -hmm. um, I still, you know, last week, last week, yeah, actually last week, week before was, no, it was the week before, whatever, the week I spoke to Corinne. Um, Corinne, the reason yeah. I know Corinne and I follow her the way I do is because Corinne was one of the first channels I started following even before I got my cricket to learn oh, how wow. to use the cricket. So, you know, those channels, the value proposition never changes because those are the people that are already ahead of the curve. Yep. Those are the people you keep watching going forward because you're all, you're going to expand your capabilities along with them expanding theirs. And yep. this, it seems like this is going to be that for lasers, which I, as everyone knows, I'm really a big fan of the Glowforge and yes, you know, ideas of things I can do with the Glowforge are mm -hmm. always welcome. So this, this is going to be a fun one to follow. I'm definitely looking forward to it checking out their stuff. I like this recommendation cool. a lot. Cool. My thing. How about you? My thing of the week is something that I think, you know, it's funny. I've been cricketing a lot lately, as you can tell. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things I was using it today, actually, and I realized how much better it is than literally every other brand of the same thing. Um, and it is Caesar easy weed HTV vinyl. Um, Caesar makes a bunch of different vinyls. Um, there's a couple of companies that make vinyl. There's Caesar, there's Oracal, and there's Cricut that you can buy at Michael's. And then if you're really, you know, if you start going online, you can find vinyl from places like 143 Vinyl and Tech Wrap and all these other companies. But the best HTV that I've ever used, and I'm only saying that I've ever used, but I've used a few, is Caesar Easy Weed. Um, it cuts beautifully. It's mm -hmm. super thin. It doesn't feel like you're putting a piece of plastic on your shirt when you transfer it oh, okay. to a shirt. It's very, 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 very flexible. And the other thing I really like about it is taking what you're 
taking your waist off of the carrier sheet before you put the sh- put it on the shirt. Mm-hmm. They call it easy weed for a reason. It it weeds so easily that when you use something else, you realize how bad the other stuff is. <laughs> it's <laughs> wow. it's wonderful stuff. It works really really well. Um, it you I've yet to have a transfer fail with their vinyl, whereas with the Cricket vinyl. The Cricket vinyl, which is actually more expensive and a smaller yep. roll, I've actually had failures, a lot of them, over the years. In fact, I've ruined, have I've ruined shirts. So, yeah. We have two. Um, and I'm going to tell my wife about this because she's tried – she picked one of the hardest things to do for a shirt, which was my logo. Oh, God. And <laughs> Yeah, I know. And <laughs> Not easy. <laughs> that, that's part of her – her hangup is, you know, she feels like she's failed that logo. I told her, I said, sweetie, that is a hard logo to do. It's very you need to start thin. with something a little. Yes. Yeah. You need to start with something simpler. Mm-hmm. So uh, then I turned around to Amy and said, watch some of her videos. Mm-hmm. And I said, and if you really need some help, I, I, I know a guy mm-hmm. and I might be able to talk him into maybe walk, talking you through some stuff. Absolutely. Which machine does she have, by the way? She has the the Maker Three. Oh my God! She has like the she literally has the best machine you can get. Like, well, I don't I don't play around. Yeah, damn. <laughs> wow. Um, if she's gonna have that machine, then yeah, it's uh, it's as the uh, as the Yiddish as the Yiddish phrase go, it's a Shonda for her to not use it. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, that's that is um, it's weird because cricket cricket materials you think are the best. Right, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, they're cricket. They're made. They're going to work with the machine. The machine's calibrated to work with their materials. As far as the regular vinyl, the premium permanent vinyl, you, right. that is the case. They're okay. They're just as good as anyone else. They're more expensive. You can get Oracle six five one, which is yep. what I would actually recommend people buy because it's really tough and works really well. But the cricket stuff is fine. But when it comes to HTV. Do not buy Caesar. anything that isn't Caesar Easy Weed. Just don't. Don't okay. even don't even bother. It's not worth it. Because you're gonna like I said, you're gonna ruin shirts. Right. You're you're just going to. You're gonna pull stuff up. It's gonna crinkle. It's gonna um the other thing I would recommend if she's doing shirts, I don't know how she, if you got her a heat press, but um I did. You, oh my god. Ed, you're like the best <laughs> husband ever. I think I'm gonna marry you if uh this oh, whole thing well, with Diana yeah. doesn't work out. <laughs> I mean, Dawn. I'm sorry, Dawn. Uh, I got where'd that come from? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. These we're gonna days. leave that alone. Yeah, we're just we're just we'll just slide right past that one. Yes, um, yes. No, but that's that's Caesar Easy Weed is definitely if if she's gonna even try HTV, this nah. stuff is great, and it doesn't need crazy pressing temperatures. It doesn't need a ton of time. Okay. And um, even if you screw we'll up and peel it too warm, it still sticks. Nah. Yeah, we'll talk. Absolutely. Um, okay. You know who else we should talk about? Who should we talk about? We should talk about the people that support this show financially because those people nice. make this show possible. Those people include Matthew Serio from Artigiano Serio, Big Al Schultz of New York Woodworks, Tori Decker of Tori Did It. Oh, Ed Swanson from Ed's Clocks and more. That guy owes me money. <laughs> I'll bet you he does. He owes everybody <laughs> money, but he's paying me. That's all that matters. There you go. Jake Drews of Make with Jake, Megan Chris from Onyx Designs Woodwork, Christian Neary of Warren Works, Jeff Stein, aka a weird guy, Kim and Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It, Rory Langefeld of RLO Woodworks and DIY, 
Robert J. Keller, Rebecca Cole of Bexy Designs, Brian Arsenault, the Seven Hills Maker, Lars Coleman of Colorado Multicraft, Dave Bauer of Dave Bauer Art, Nick Birchhold of Birchhold Design Build, Jeremy Speaks, Jeremy Spees, Mike of Pixels to Prototype, Donald LeBlanc of Fun with Woodworking, Grant Alexander from the Clamp Podcast, Brad Harrison of Brad's Customs, and Billy Poulton of Poulton Projects. Thank you so much to the people that support this show financially. I could not do this show without you. And you may have noticed there wasn't a show last week, and it was just a combination of me working in the holidays. So sorry about that, but you know what? You're getting a show this week, and we'll just pretend that that didn't happen because in all the years I've been doing podcasts, I've never missed a week. So it had to happen eventually. It is what it, it is. It is what it is. But if you would like to support the show financially, you could do so at vincentmferrari.com. If you can't support the show financially, um, feel free to suggest a guest, write a review, whatever you think you can do to support the show promote it and get other people to listen. I appreciate all of it in all of its forms because every little bit of it helps make this a slightly better show and only slightly, not largely better. We don't want to go too crazy. We want, <laughs> we like to, we like to take things incrementally around here. So Ed, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, yes. Why don't you tell the good people listening and watching where they can find your stuff and find more about you? Really, my my main uh, the main place for me is going to be at uh, Ed's Clocks and More on Instagram. Uh, that's my main hangout. Um, I don't I don't have the TikToks and and all that stuff. And I'm a pretty simple guy. Instagram I I understand mm-hmm. and. I can go there and, and do my thing there. And I, I send everybody there. So cool. So that's Ed's that's EDS underscore clocks, the letter N more. Um, definitely go check out Ed. Ed's, Ed's one of the good guys. And like I said, he's been a supporter of this podcast before this podcast was this podcast. So uh, <laughs> it's greatly appreciated having you on board and having you on board for this long. It was also really awesome getting to finally meet you in person at maker camp. And it was Awesome chatting with you today. I really appreciate you giving me some of your Wednesday evening. I look, I appreciate you coming, having me come on uh, again. Yes. Meeting you at makers camp was awesome. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again this year. Absolutely. And of course I will um, now get to update the official Ed Swanson fan club and let them know that (laughs) I have followed through on the obligation that they placed upon me to have Ed Swanson on the podcast so that I won't get any hate mail from the Ed Swanson fan club to which that's good. The president is a really cool dude himself. So um. yeah, that's right. (laughs) But thanks for joining me, Ed. And thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will be back again next week. Um, We were supposed to have a guest in the show that I didn't do. We Mm. might have that guest after this episode. And if we do, you guys are probably going to be very interested to hear who the guest is and what they have to say. I don't usually tease guests, but I'm teasing this one because it's going to be really cool if I can pull it off. Till then, have a great week, everybody, and I will chat with you then. Bye.